Welcome to episode 373 of the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And I'm your host, Denise Oyston. And today, hurrah, is International Women's Day across the globe. And we are showcasing one of our amazing clients, Dawn. And Dawn is a business owner and uh, many business owners, she's had her ups and downs, but also she's had her ups and downs through childhood, as a teenager, as a young mum, and all of those things. So Dawn, we asked Dawn if she'd come and share her story, because um, when we first met Dawn, she'd got moved back to her company post being a midwife. So she'd started her recruitment company, and she went off and did midwifery, something she'd always wanted to do. And then various things were happening in the business, so she came back. So what happened with Dawn is she returned and rebuilt her company almost from scratch to just over four million in less than five years. I know, pretty amazing and incredibly amazing when you think about the fact that this happened during covid so I remember we were working with Dawn during COVID and uh, it was an interesting time for lots of hospitality recruiters. So Dawn is going to share a story. She'll tell you why she's so passionate about well-being in the workplace, especially in the hospitality industry and how she leads the way with her own company, which is KSB Recruitment. So great way to share International Women's Day. And Dawn discusses throughout this, this podcast, which Sharon interviewed her uh, last week as we were we were doing this. And uh, one of the things that Dawn wanted to talk about is not being alone and how crucial it is that when you are in business, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, our focus obviously is International Women's Day, is it's important not to do it alone. And the aspect of how mentors and crucial partners can really help in the business. So without further ado, let's get into it. And I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your company growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profits. Hi Dawn and welcome to the Recruit Marketing and Sales podcast and thank you first of all for your time today. We're here in celebration of International Women's Day. When I was thinking, you know, who would be a great client to interview? You came to mind because of some of the conversations we've had while we've been working together. And that's the theme for this year is equity. You know, it's part of that whole diversity, equity, inclusion conversation that is so important and very topical right now. But, you know, when I think of, you know, some of our conversations and I think of, you know, someone who is inspirational and their story is so connected to this equity conversation, you know, it, it seemed so logical to, to extend that invite and, and get you on to this interview today. So thank you for your time and for saying yes as well. Now, let's just think about the beginning. I mean, maybe just start by telling us just a little bit about you know, KSB, but then, you know, maybe go back in time as we're talking about equity today, where did your journey really start? Okay, well, firstly, Sharon, thank you. Thank you for inviting me along today. It's been a, it's, it is an honour and a privilege to be here, especially with, as you say, the International Women's Day and that of um, equity. I feel a little bit like it's um, guided by the universe with the story that I do have to tell. So I am honoured to be here today, Sharon. Thank, oh, thank you. you. My story, my story is, well, firstly, a little bit about me. My name's Dawn, yeah. for those of you who don't know me, and I've been a recruitment business owner for next month. It'll be 32 years. Wow. Um, I was obviously a child when I started this business. <laughs> of course, clearly. absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 32 years, and we specialise in temporary and permanent placements across the UK for the catering and hospitality industry. 
and that can be from the southwest up to up to the top of Scotland. So wow. nowhere's too difficult. Everywhere to in between. For. Absolutely, absolutely, except Stoke, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but having a business, if I if somebody had said to me, sometimes people say, if you could go back in time and say to your twelve year old self, what would yeah. you say, knowing what you know now? And if you look at me as a 12-year-old self, I would never in a million years have imagined I'd own my own business. I, I had a mom and a dad, grew up in a traditional, work, very working-class family, you yeah. know, market town, which had a small-town mentality. I went to a, just a traditional school. And school is really where my story starts because whilst my family was very traditional, I went to a school where I was really quite badly bullied. And back then in the early 1980s, bullying was not something that was dealt with by teachers, let alone anybody else. I would fear going to school in the mornings. I would fear the bell ringing for break. I would fear the bell ringing for lunchtime and the bell ringing for going home again because my journey home, my walk home, was probably going to be my hair being pulled, punched in the back, kicked, and being told I was ugly and all the rest of it. Mm. And nobody heard me, nobody listened. I wasn't seen, I wasn't heard, apart from with these bullies. And my life was really miserable. I lived in fear, which is no place for a 12-year-old to be. My parents didn't listen. So I did what... I guess instinctively I could do. I just tried, reached out to be heard and I became very, very naughty. I was a really naughty type child. I played truant from school. I'd go out and stay out late. I'd disappear. I would run away from home, anything just to be heard. Get away from it. And to make this miserable life go away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So at the time I was never, ever going to surmount to anything in life. I'd be lucky if I passed my CSEs, which they were back in the day. And so I had this label of being a naughty child, a label of being somebody who was never going to achieve anything. So I couldn't even get into college to study hairdressing. You know, they didn't want me. Nobody really was interested. But um, I'll press the fast forward button. And I left home at 16 to fend for myself. And... At 19, I fell into recruitment, like most people do, fall into yeah, recruitment. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you get into recruitment? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, fell into it as in a job as a receptionist at a recruitment business. And I really did love recruitment. Just think of it. I really did lo- love recruitment. And I'd worked seven till seven, pushed for promotion, eventually got this promotion yeah. and um, was trained to be a consultant. And this is where I met my, what is now my ex-husband, Mike. And we worked together for a couple of years within this recruitment business. Mm. We got married, had a baby, and then we were made redundant in the March of 1991. So I think we were at the height of the recession at that point. Mm. I remember interest rates were 15%. I remember those um, times. Yeah, we think they're high now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, and so the, in, yeah, we were on a very—I think we were on a variable mortgage rate, which made it even worse. So sorry, wow. Karen. Um, so Sharon, sorry. so we were on shaky ground with high interest rate mortgage. We'd just been made redundant. Mm-hmm. So how did KSB come about then? Oh, we need to add the baby in there as well. Oh, and, and, oh, and the baby. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, that. let's just let's just add to more stress, a new baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Let's just add to the stress. So Mike and I had been working for a recruitment business and the, the chap that owned it had other business interests. And because of the state of the economy, he wanted to focus on his core business. So he closed, wanted to close this business recruitment business right. down. So he said, you've got a handful of temps working for you. Do what you want. If you want it, take it. If you don't, then that's fine. Yeah. So we were faced with the decision. We either, unemployment was a record high, as you probably remember. Yeah, so I do. we didn't have a 
Well, we didn't have a choice. It was, no. I said to Mike, I'm sitting down and saying, we have to do this. We've got mm. no choice. So we found an office in Birmingham in Kensington House, shared with a photocopier. We had £37 in our pocket. That was it. Our wow. cars, company cars were about to go back. And on the Monday, KSB was born. And and KSB standing for Kensington Staff Bureau, which Kensington House and the story that goes with it. Right. But the, the the story with that, Sharon, that I, I need to tell is I will never forget the fact that our temps would go to work. We would raise an invoice the following Monday. We would hand deliver the invoice. The following day, they would raise us a cheque, which we would run to the bank and cash in order to pay our temp payroll for that week. Wow. And that's how it built from there. Mm. And survival, I was pretty good by this point at survival. I imagine, because um, that's, so, that's very yeah. hand-to-mouth for everybody, isn't it? You, oh, yeah. your temp mm. workers. Yeah. Yeah. Bear grills eat your heart out because I knew I really knew what survival was back then. <laughs> and, you know, Mike and I, we were formidable. We, we were a great team. And we ploughed for, forward with this business. And, and it was important for us. We didn't have a clue what we were about running a business. And it was very much um, on a wing and a prayer. Yeah. Learn, learn as you go. And, and, and yes. I think a lot, a lot, and that, that's very similar, isn't it, for a lot of business owners, you know, that the, we, we learn as we go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We certainly did learn as we go. We certainly yeah. did. And I, because, I'd always had this label and this belief that I wasn't clever. I was never going to make it in life. I had to pursue this. Well, A, I was a woman in the 19, early 90s in business. Mm. B, I was only 23, 24, so I was young. How on earth was I going to have this credibility to go out there and face companies, business leaders, and tell them how good we were at yeah. supplying temporary stuff? So for me, it became the Wizard of Oz syndrome. The scarecrow didn't have a brain and things like that. So I had to go and resource myself to prove to the world that actually I did have a brain and, yes, I've got initiative and, yes, I've got balls, some big balls, but I I needed to prove to the world and for my own confidence as well that I'd got a brain. So. I'd work with the Chamber of Commerce and people like that. But then I went and did a HNC in business at college and I excelled in that, did really well. Fast forward, I'd, I'd had another baby as well on top of that. So right. now I'd got two. You like to pack it um, in. And we'd got a bit of Absolutely. And we'd got a bit of money coming in by then. Yeah. And we'd started to grow the team. And the team, I think we'd got to sort of four or five members of staff by the mid-90s. Yeah. And then we were faced with a challenge with one of our members of staff who we trusted implicitly. We found out she was being blackmailed and she stole about £18,000 from us through the payroll. So that was challenging because she was, you know, she became a friend as well as part of the workforce. So that was hard. And we were facing, we'd go after new business. And we'd win new business. We had some great clients. We'd lose clients because they signed a deal with Reed or Manpower because they were the big guys and yeah. they could monopolize in terms of cost. Yeah. So there were lots of challenges that we faced, lots yeah. of challenges. As, as you grew. And so, you know, in terms of, you know, how the company grew over time, I know that there was a time when you made a choice to actually take your career in a different direction, you know, even after everything that you've just described you've been through, to then go off and do something different, that's an interesting thing to maybe share. Yeah, yeah. so in 99, I had another baby. I've had, that's it, I did stop. But my, my kind of inner was about serving others and how I could deliver great service or be of great service to other people. 
yeah. whether that be staff, whether it be customers, temporary workers, whoever it might be, how can I serve? And that was really inbuilt in me. So I'm going to rewind. I oh know, rewind and fast forward. So in 1999, we were one of the first recruitment businesses in the West Midlands to be successfully awarded the Investors in People Award. So that was a real badge of honour for me. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, yeah. My because that was a huge process that we'd had to go down, a road we had to go down mm. in order to ensure we had the right processes and systems in place. Mm. So achieving that was just amazing. And yeah. then in two, it was massive. It really was. And yeah. then early in 2002, I'd got, by this time, we'd got to three branches and about 30-odd staff, and we had an industrial driving team who, unbeknown to me, had spent probably at least six months working behind the scenes on lining their own pockets and winning clients, winning candidates to take to a new business, which they took, the staff left all at the same time, and took it over to this other business. And that was one of the biggest fights in my life because, yeah. A, I was really personally wounded because these were people that I'd looked after mm. in my business. You know, they'd been, they had adversity that they came to the business with and I helped them through it. And it felt like a real knife in the back. Yeah. Um, it took a long time to get over that in terms yeah. of accepting it wasn't about me. Yeah. their own agenda yeah but they took us they took the business for about half a million in gross profit and it made me very angry very bitter and the knock-on effect was it affected my marriage and it was I won't say it was the catalyst but it was a factor in my marriage breaking down right so that was really tough yeah three babies they were kids by then but three kids business and whatever else so we we cut a long story short we split the business I kept Birmingham and my ex-husband took who is my and now ex-husband took the other two offices so again I had a different battle on my hands a different fight a different survival but Mm. um we worked through and then we were we were okay we were doing all right we came through it okay and then we were faced with another recession coming up. Which would be 2008. In 2008. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just, didn't have the fight for it. Just before, so because I, I can like sort of, I jumped a little bit really to, you know, the what, what I know you evolved to do. But let's, let's just stay because I was going to come back and say, you know, what, what were some of the challenges you faced as you scaled to sort of 30 people? But... There were multiple challenges that you described there, not not necessarily just kind of like around the scaling, but the business issues through that journey of scaling. What, let's say in hindsight, you know, when you reflect back, you know, what were some of the key coping mechanisms that you had? And, and I guess, you know, any key lessons from it that you think would be valuable to people listening today? I think when I sit down now, and look back mm. I can say that exercise was massive for me back then right I was 20 odd years younger yeah. so I had a lot more energy and fight but for me it did come back to that survival because the children were so young and I yeah. had to provide the roof over their head and keep that going for them but where I am today in business looking back and what keeps me going is having resources around me and surrounding myself with great people, having podcasts that I can listen to. Meditation Mm. is a real great friend of mine. I'm a big advocate for meditation. Mindfulness, exercise, my spiritual journey, my spiritual practice is really big for exercise, yoga, and just about having the right people. And I think one of the biggest, biggest things is being true to yourself. All those years I was trying to be, I guess, Karen Brady. I didn't want to be Karen Brady, but Karen Brady, you know, she was the managing director of Birmingham City at the time. And she had this 
you know, amazing world. Well, why couldn't I have that? And I wanted mm. to, I won't say our role model, she was my role model, but I was trying to aspire to be somebody I wasn't. Yeah. And what I have to be is my authentic truth, my so, authentic me. Was was there an element, do you think, because, you know, I, I guess you and Karen at, at that time, very young women in, you know, key roles in business, you know, a lot of women, you know, at that age, you know, it was not necessarily the norm, was it? You know, so you were kind of like you, you were different. How much was there an element when you think about your childhood that you shared with us and what you believed about yourself was driven by that need to prove? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Everything I did was to prove to my family, to... I would never... I didn't really want to put my head above the parapet. I didn't want to be seen because I didn't want people to go poke me in the back or say oh here comes ugly again or whatever that bully might say that day yeah so I was trying to be this business owner business leader but not put my head above the parapet yeah because of fear and ultimately you've just got to overcome your fears you've got to find ways to overcome those fears because it is your own limiting beliefs and your own fear that stop you doing the things that you want to do and that kind of yeah brings me back to where I I walked I didn't walk away I structured the business in such a way in 2008 so that I could go and pursue something that was more heartfelt yeah because the business world was heartfelt my life didn't feel authentic it wasn't the real me and that's when to answer your previous question, mm. that's when I walked away with the business. I could never have survived without the income coming from the business. And I went and retrained to be a midwife, which was, oh, such a privileged, privileged yeah. and so, career, so well, different career role. Yeah. 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 D- different but and, it and yet not different in that. You, you know you're you're serving a very different you know audience but you know that that is the essence really isn't it of serving and caring in that kind of role but also Sharon in hindsight what I can look back at and say is everybody loves a midwife if I was mm. truly me then people again I was looking for that validation people would love me because right. I was a midwife and right. so I wasn't going to be faced with these bullies and I, it would help me to heal, I guess. Right. And it's that external validation again, isn't it? Um, yeah. And actually, of course, needed yeah. to do was the internal validation. Yeah. Mm, interesting. And so, you know, I suppose when we think about the NHS and let's say how that you know, compares as a as an environment to the environment that you'd come from. What are some of the highlights of your experience there, and some of the things, some of the lessons perhaps that you had that you brought with you in the in the kind of like the next stage, which is the kind of almost like the third stage of, I guess, your professional journey. The training. The three years of training was really intense, and I met yeah. some oh, some incredible people, really, truly, truly incredible midwives. I have to say that you know the media, unfortunately, in some aspects, are right. Bullying is rife in the NHS, and that is sad to see. But I guess you know, in a female-dominated industry with lots and lots of women working together, I guess you're going to get that. But yeah. the doctors, the midwives, the support workers, the admin team, or everybody is, they work relentlessly mm. to provide that service to women and their families. Yeah. And what's sad sometimes is that people don't see what goes on behind the scenes in the NHS. And a midwife having a glass of water while she's doing her notes is not a bad thing, but the management 
would say you're not allowed a glass of water on your desk because the public see you sitting there drinking water or a cup of tea and it's seen as not very professional, which is crazy because that might be the only glass of water or cup of tea you get. Oh, honestly, because there'd be complaints. I'm going to have my glass of water, you know. Oh, that's ridiculous, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So there's things about the human element is very much about the customer, but the human element of the staff, certainly in the trust where I worked, but the human element of the staff is lost. Right. They, yeah. And that's really sad. In terms of opportunities within the NHS, there's massive opportunities. No mm. matter who you are, what you are, what your background, there are opportun- fantastic opportunities and career mm. progression within the NHS. And sadly, they are, it's too big an organisation. Somebody needs to really take it by the, and I won't say what I want to say, but mm. take it, shake it and yeah. fix it. Yeah. yeah, because it is very, very broken. And they yeah. rely very heavily on the goodwill of the fantastic staff, staff. that I had the absolute pleasure yeah. of working alongside yeah and I saw some life-changing I had some life-changing experiences in terms of mm-hmm. what I saw which completely humbled me yeah it was an amazing incredible experience and I'm so proud that I was able to do it that you did it do I miss it absolutely every day yeah would I go back not a prayer. No, no. I will. I was going to say that it's like, well, gosh, you know, if you miss it that much, would you go back? Obviously not. But what what was it then that that I guess led you to leaving something that obviously you, you know you care? I know if my conversations that you care really passionately about and what you shared there, you know, you care very passionately about the NHS as as you know, the, I think the majority of us do and would love to see it you know, get some support. It is a massive organisation, isn't it? But what what led you then, I guess, to transition into your business again? Well, part of um, the story. And part of the story. Had the events that had happened had not have happened, I probably still would be a midwife today. Right. So I, I just want to kind of lay that out. I may have gone, started to progress, who knows, but ultimately that's mm-hmm. where I would have been. Yeah. So in November 2019, 2017, my mum, I had that, I had a phone call that haunts me today. So my mum had had a stroke and it was a massive, massive stroke, a life-changing stroke. And that just changed my world from that day onwards, really. Mm. So I had a period of time off sick to work out what was going on with mum. And at the same time, the law of the sod, I guess, was that the the way I'd structured my business was we downsized to where we only dealt with catering and hospitality, whereas previously in years gone by, we did industrial driving catering, secretarial, very generalist mm, agency. Yeah. So I'd restructured so that it was catering and hospitality. There was only a handful of staff, but it ticked over and mm. became a lifestyle business. Mm. The account, my accountant who'd been with us for a number of years at the same time, unbeknown to me, was having real mental health issues. And he tried to take his own life at the same time as mum having a stroke. So it was, whoa. So I came back into the business because there was nobody to do the invoicing, nobody to do the payroll. I worked five days a week in the business. I did. I wasn't actually off sick and at that time. And then I'd do my weekend shifts at the hospital to keep my midwife job going, right. going to see mum at night because she yeah. was in hospital. So this is only sustainable for a short for period so of time. For so long. Mum's yeah, 59 yeah, yeah, down the motorway. So so I did end up taking some time off sick. And then in the end, ultimately, in the March of 2018, I left the and I had to resign from the NHS. Right. The business was in a mess. My mum 
was learning to walk talk, walk again and talk again. Right. So that was a long road. Yeah. I needed the income from business to sustain my lifestyle in order to pay my mortgage, my bills, but also to allow me the flexibility to look after my mum. Yeah. So yeah. it became it was a no-brainer really. And I yeah. always had the intention I will go back, even if it was a weekend as a community midwife. It was always going to be short term back in the yeah. business. Yeah. But as I sit here today in 2023, where are we, February? Yeah. So I came back to the business in November 2017. And 20, we're in 2023. Three. Just so 900% growth. Wow. 900%. 900%. Yeah. 900%. And and let's say when when you came back in sort of that November 2017 what were some of the goals let's say at, at that point to pay back it almost was like being back in 1991 it was to be right. able to pay the temp payroll and invoice mm. the clients and get the money in the everything was left in such a mess with what yeah. Andy had done, and you know, I I actually am grateful for to him for what he did. I'm sad that he couldn't be honest and talk to me about it, but I am grateful because if he hadn't have done what he'd done, I wouldn't be back here. And so I do feel that that was something that happened for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. So it was about survival. And then it was, let's get through. I didn't, it was week to week. It was, yeah. And then I think in, yeah, and in in 2018, early 2018, I got involved with the amazing Nikki Coffin and talked to her and she really helped me with my mindset. Mm -hmm. And we had a mindset session. And then I think... Early in 2018, I got involved with yourselves. Yeah. And we could start formulating with the help of Nikki, with the help of you and Denise, and what was super fast then, mm-hmm. we could formulate a plan of how we're going to grow this business. What's the yeah. potential? If I'm back, I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to do something with this business. So it's been a long journey dealing with my limiting beliefs and my insecurities and my fears um, to actually, I mean, Sharon, how long have you been asking me to go on video? Probably two years. Well, so to find this a bit here, longer. Yeah. yeah. Probably and put my head above the parapet yeah. and say, I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. I'm not scared to put my head above the parapet and stand up and say, Fantastic. in the face of adversity, I made it. Yeah. And and several times, actually, you know, when you think about yeah. all the challenges that, that you've overcome. Now, do you remember that first time that we met in person and we had that strategy day? Do you remember something that three you said three. to us as a goal? I think 1.1 million, wasn't it? I, I don't that, actually know. Yeah. I know that you, Denise said to me, you will do three in three. Yeah. And yeah. I did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was kind of like, you know, that, that 1.1 was like the, the first kind of like you know, hurdle, wasn't it? Or goal, should we say? And then and then that's when Denise said, you know, do you know what? How about this? You know, three and three. And that happened. But, you know, so it's almost like you came back into the business. It was where it was in 1991. It's like about rebuilding. Yeah. What have been some of the, I guess, the, the key challenges and and lessons from from that, you know, and how you've overcome them. Well, I guess the number one would be the big C, wouldn't it? The uh, the COVID. So absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. So in twenty eighteen, we doubled what we did in twenty seventeen. Twenty nineteen, yeah. we did slightly more I can't remember what the exact figures were I know it's well over 1.2 million because I took the team to Disneyland Paris yeah to say thank you so we had an all expenses paid trip for the weekend to Disneyland Paris we had an amazing time 
And then we were growing. We were doing great guns as a business. We were really growing. Mm. We were focused. We had our 90-day plans. We had our marketing was going great guns, you know, and we were designing lead magnets and the testimonials. We were doing great work. And then Mm. March. Oh, in fact, we were moving offices as well. And then... Yeah. We all fell off the cliff in March, didn't yeah. we? When Boris said, "Absolutely, yeah, that's it." Yeah. So I was like, um, "John and I worked. We furloughed all the staff, and John and I worked the whole of COVID relentlessly." I was in the office at home. He was in the conservatory. We obtained what I looked at was right. How can we pivot? Because catering and hospitality was obviously one of the biggest affected sectors absolutely yeah. gone yeah, so yeah. Um, I was looking at the call centers and how they were doing the COVID how could we get into that um, the fruit pickers was another yeah. one so we went along the journey for our gang master license mm-hmm. and whew, gosh that was tough I, I don't think I've ever been through anything as so tough yeah. my goodness that inspection was hard but we got it and to be fair there's not anything that I've gone after in life that I actually, when I look back, I've not achieved. Yeah. If I want something bad enough, I will get it. Yeah. But legally, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad for clarification I there. For, <laughs> yeah, for clarification purposes, legally, I don't do illegal. So we've had tax inspections, we've had VAT inspections, we've had gangmaster licensing inspections, we've had a major client who refused to pay the bill and it was 250 grand at Christmas and that was nail biting, but we got the money in the end, thank goodness. We've had the threat of losing this one of our big clients and then, oh, starting again. So we've had lots of things, but everything that happens now, I have very much a mindset which I've worked through which all of these are, when the big stuff all coming at once, it's often what's referred to as the breakdown before the breakthrough. Through. So sometimes I don't welcome them, but I embrace no. things that happen. Mm. And ultimately I know that there will be a breakthrough. I'm up-leveling. Yeah. I'm up-leveling. Yeah. And there will be the next part of my journey. The next yeah. season is coming. And at the moment, I'm I'm having a bit of a breakdown before breakthrough because there's stuff going on. There's another level. Yeah, there's another level coming. But what I've always done is I have had relentless determination to never fail, never, Mm. ever fail. And I might moan, I might whinge, I might cry, but I dust myself down and come back stronger. And you have to, whether you're male or female, you're pink, green, with yellow spots, if you want something in life, go get it. Because yeah. if you've got the determination, nothing can stop you, nothing. No. Yeah. And I've got a business now where, as a midwife, I could be kind to people. I could be seen and make a difference to women's lives, families' mm-hmm. lives. And I've brought that back. So business doesn't have to be about how much money you can make or the next deal or the next big thing. It can be heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And my business, I will honest, I can honestly sit here and say is truly heartfelt. My staff, they have Meditation Wednesdays by Carrie at Serendipity Wellbeing. She is fantastic. She does meditations for all of my staff. And we have that every Wednesday, every month. We have a massage lady who comes in and they are, the staff have a menu. They can pick what massage that they want. Because for me, mental health is really important. Yeah. And you look after your staff and they have, and you look after their mental health or help them to help themselves because you, you need to empower people. You can't do yeah. it for Help them to help themselves. then. Your staff will they'll move mountains for you. Yeah. Move mountains. But one of the things that I'd like to kind of say today is mm. the International Women's Day and that of equity. My business truly already embraces that. 
We are, Becky and I are about to launch our community page, I guess, our commu- a community for mm-hmm. a community hub for the outside yeah. world. The staff want to call it Astorn, but I'm not sure my ego will allow that because <laughs> my ego is not big enough. But the community hub will help to resource people, people like me who think I'm never going to make it in life. I haven't got any qualifications, can't mm. get in tech in school. I'm crap. I'm rubbish. I'm going to go and smoke pot. I'm going to take cocaine. I'm going to steal. Because I could have gone that way. Any but path. But I chose to go yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think as well, you know, just, just to kind of like sort of chip in there, that I think, you know, there are all those things and there are so many people perhaps who who get so far down their journey, you know, particularly women who experience at all stages, in my experience, in terms of ages, that, that imposter syndrome. It doesn't oh, matter whether it's somebody 100%. starting out, whether it's someone that's more mature that actually has experienced success, that, that this whole imposter syndrome, you know, thing, yeah. it's constantly coming up. So I think that's kind of like another thing as well, just... Absolutely. Oh, I had that in a in abundance. Oh, shopping bags full. When in my twenties, you know, I just felt like an imposter. It was a really male-dominated world. You know, yeah. every client that I went to see was an ops director, was a man, was yeah. the the manager at Barclay Card was a man. They were always men that I was up against. And I yeah. must say, though, usually quite often though, when I went and sat in front of a woman in HR, they would be vile to me vile and it was always the men that were really nice so I don't know whether they had a bit of imposter Interesting, syndrome isn't it? yeah answer. yeah we don't always yeah. hold each other praise each other do no, we that, no. that, yeah. yeah which I found really weird actually mm. really strange in yeah. again in those the 90s were a strange time anyway yeah. but this about facilitating equity so everybody yeah. no matter who they are have a chance in life our page our hub will have resources on from people who can help with money finances help with mindset help yeah. with meditation all sorts yeah what I offer to my internal staff I want to be able to offer to the external world yeah. and KSB will enable me to do that next step yeah. in, in, in the world and, and so is is that something that's that you have created, you know, as a, let's say, as a resource hub for the hospitality industry and the people that you're working with, or is this kind of like going even wider than that, Dawn? It's going to go wider than it's that. Going to Initially, go wider. we'll roll it out to the clients and the candidates on our database. Yeah. But hopefully through the power of social media, then yeah. we, we will roll it out to anybody. Yeah. And Sharon, if it makes a difference in one person's world, then it's been worth it. It's worth it. Absolutely worth it. Yeah. And what it yeah. will have is all of the telephone numbers for Women's Aid Refuge, Mind, Samaritans, places like that. Mm. So people always know where yeah. they can go. Google's great, but honestly, you're faced with so many ads and whatever yeah. on the internet. If you've got one-stop shop where all the resources are there, yeah. you know, cost of living crisis, what you can do, to budget what you can do to save electricity mm. things like that just have all yeah. the resources and yeah. there isn't anything else like it around no. yeah but it's about being kind yeah and it's I guess it's you know it's about you know as you say sort of doing business in, in a different way and being able to contribute in in a different yeah. way as well isn't yeah. it and I know you know just through you know some conversations that you know we've had with yourself and with Becky about this this really kind of like you know important project marketing is going to play a key role in you being able to communicate that out to you know your own clients and candidates and then and then more widely and you you sort of mentioned earlier about perhaps you know the role that marketing had played amongst a number of things that had helped you rebuild KSB I just wondered you know perhaps if you could just share perhaps some of your thoughts around what role it has played and, and how it has helped the business i'm sure people listening you know thinking about their own marketing would be interested to hear i think marketing goes hand in hand with what we do going forward 
or certainly for the past few years. It's something that is as essential as having a mouse for your computer. It's enabled us to look at the bigger picture of the business world, to analyse the business strategically, to say, look, where do you want to go as a business, but ultimately how are you going to get there? How are you going to demonstrate to your clients or to prospective clients how good you are? Yeah, And we do that through testimonials, through case yeah. studies, through surveys, all through the work that we we work, obviously, alongside yourself, but we have an mm. internal marketer as well. Yeah. We put some awful lot of work into a lot of the things that go on behind the scenes. Marketing mm. is, is, is up there in one of the mm. top things that as a business you've got to do. You've got to get yourself yeah. in front of your customers, but have the right collateral to do that you know whether we've got some great case studies that we've had written and turned into a glossy brochure we can download and send to the client but it's Mm. all about being visible being seen and what's that next step it's not just social media Mm. but it's what do the customers really think about us what is our brand you know the brand's really important so when you look at our colours, the colours behind us on the, the marketing board today um, flow nicely with the colours on our website, with our CRM system, with the colours in our office. Everything is streamlined and it's really important that it's it's that brand. And Becky, it, you know, she's fantastic. We, we might lock heads at times over certain things, but... Ultimately, she's difference is good. Difference opinions is good, isn't it? It's about debate and you know and challenging. You know what what's going to work and yeah. You know, and one of the things that I really love is the six week sprint that we do, so we can look at right six weeks of targeting a a particular industry, but having all these almost signposts within the marketing toolkit, I guess is is a better word. So yeah. we can pull that out of our marketing toolkit or we can pull that out. We've got so many resources that are available to us to help win new business mm. because the message is always the same. The message is streamlined. It's consistent. It's branded. Yeah, it, marketing for me is just, hand. it goes hand in hand. Yeah. People talk about sales. Well, you can't sell unless you can market your business first and having all the yeah. stuff to stuff to go with it. Yeah. Our website is probably one of the most, when I look at my competition, I think our website is probably one of the most interactive. It's always updated, so which means mm-hmm. we're always appearing on those Google searches. There's always a new blog or a new story. Quite often I'll look at, Again, competition, they haven't put a new blog on since early 2022. It's like, hmm, that's a bit of an anticlimax. Not knocking my competition. They might have been busy doing other things, doing a great job for their clients. But, you know, you've got to keep it on point. You've got to keep yeah. staying ahead of the market. You've got yeah. to know what's going on in your industry Absolutely. to be able to serve your industry. And that's yeah. what I feel yeah. my marketing team, which you're part of, yeah. do. Yeah. And and I guess that's and that's really interesting to hear you say that, you know, in terms of because one of the things that we you know we often talk about, you know, with Becky and, and you know other members in, in the circle and yourself is that it's that it's that whole consistency of marketing, isn't it? And and when it's not consistent, there's a there's a message there that we don't realise we're communicating by that inconsistency. So, you know, I know that. You know, for Becky, you know, having access to all the all the content, it, I know it, it. You know, I know she has to be spoken, but that's the whole principle of how we work. Mm-hmm. And yet, I know it saves her so much time because you know she's she's part time as well, isn't she? So, and, and it's interesting, you know, because literally yesterday I did a little short video for our social media, you know, talking about that whole thing about it's great, you know, as a recruitment business, it's very easy, isn't it, to think right? Okay, these these are the logical numbers when I bring in a new headcount, because it's almost like there's a formula. And yet, that's not always kind of as logical for some people in terms of marketing, but marketing creates the demand for the team here to convert. So it's like, well, it's also a no brainer, but I guess the formula is a bit different. 
Yeah, sure. you know, but I know sure. it's something that, you know, gosh, you know, we've been working together what since 2018, yeah. and you know, we're still working together. So that in itself, you know, is you know, oh, I it's guess. a testament to to how a how well we work together, yeah. and b the content you you guys are always on point, and you're always updating your material. And I mean, Denise does a fantastic job in her in her writing and the yeah. content that she sends to us. Mm. So we Becky can tailor that, or she can pinch bits, bits out of it yeah. and use it in her in her own material. And Absolutely. you know, the event that I know I wasn't able to attend last year, but mm. the events are always fantastic. They're always on point. They're always absolutely bang on, up to date mm. with what's going on in the real world. Yeah, sometimes you can get lost in it all, can't you? Yeah, yeah, because you know it. It is. It is. It is a big beast, and it's changing um, all the time. I think you know, COVID and everything we've experienced there, and it's just accelerated the the online and the tech and, and everything digital. And and so you know, it, it's it's a challenge to sort of like you know keep up with everything, isn't it? So I guess you know we we got into that conversation because I recognise you know from our from our chats that. Marketing is going to be key to getting out the message about the community hub um, as, as on top of what you're doing with, with obviously KSB and everything. But let, let's say, obviously, I know that you're very passionate about health and well-being and you've talked about mental health and everything. You know, when, when you let, let's say there is someone in the early days of setting up leading their recruitment company someone who is you know perhaps having some challenging times right now because we are still in challenging different times depending on the sectors that that people work in what would be I guess some of your key messages to people and again just bringing us back to that theme of equity of International Women's Day what would be you know I guess some key messages that you'd like to share you know if someone's you know, sort of feeling times are a bit tough right now and it doesn't necessarily feel quite so equitable. Yes. The first one has got to be don't give up. Don't, don't, don't give up. Ensure that you've always got a sales funnel. One yeah. of the key things that I learned from you guys, Sharon, was your, yeah. your funnel. You've got to keep feeding it in from the top. Yeah. Don't be reliant on um, one single customer Yeah, because that will, has the potential to move on for yeah. whatever reason. So always ensure you, you're filling your bucket, really, yeah. and don't let your bucket be leaky. That's almost like listening um, to Denise talk that, yeah. <laughs> you taught me well, you taught me well. And don't do it alone. Don't be a lone ranger. Ensure that you are compliant. Yeah. Compliance with, the, with HMRC, with the Employment Agency Standards, human trafficking people trafficking that's something that's really big out there at the moment mm-hmm. you know know your rules and regulations and live and breathe them yeah but don't do this on your own because it is a minefield mm-hmm. and if you if you want to be a one man band and do it from your bedroom and just make a a little bit of money here and there then fine but if you want something a little bit bigger than that and I suspect people who are listening to this aspire to having mm. a business and growing that business. Yeah. You've got to enlist the help and support of experts around you. Richard Branson, apparently, according to a podcast I was listening to the other day, he didn't know until only a few years ago the difference between gross profit and net profit. And people go, really? Really? But you know what? He never needed to know because no. he had experts around him. Yeah. who said, this is how much money we're making. Yeah. And so he was fine with that. And he, mm. he will say he built a business or he has been become a billionaire and built businesses by having a team of people, successful people around yeah. him in terms of experts in their own field. Yes, And that's the message that I'm trying to get over yeah. is it's great being a business owner, but you cannot be a master of all. No, because no. you just can't. You'll end no. up a master of none. So yeah. I, I, you know, I use analogies all the time, as you've gathered. But ultimately, you you've got to buy in the expertise, and buying yeah. in your expertise has been 
an investment well worth making, as was with Nikki Coffin. Absolutely. You know, she was, she's an amazing, amazing advocate in a different space yeah. to yourself. And what she does is fantastic. But you just got to buy in that expertise. Yeah. Um, don't yeah. do it alone. And be brave. Yeah. Keep your head above the parapet and break through the fear. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and it, and it is and be kind. It is, and be kind. It is, and and I be think kind. you know, it is down to Nikki that that we we entered this this sector. You know, having worked with Nikki for so so many years, and and through through Nikki, how how we met, you know, and I think it's you know it, we can we can work together, you know, collaboratively and being kind with each other, you know, because everybody. I, I think it, you know, I remember seeing a quote somewhere about you know, we, we can lift each other up together and we can all kind of like grow and we don't have to, you know, have that, you know, such a competitive mindset that I know, you know, some, some people no. perhaps do approach it with. And I guess as we sort of bring our conversation to a close, because I, you know, I really appreciate your valuable time. I, I want to say thank you because, you know, you and I have had many a drink of the odd glass of wine or G&T and I've learned more about you and your story today. And, you know, for anybody listening, it truly is an inspirational story, you know, because when you think about the hurdles that you've overcome, and it's not just been once, it's been multiple times, you know, at each point, I think, you know, if you, if you map through your life in decades, there's kind of like being a constant, you know, challenges and, and, and big ones as well. And, you know, how, how you've overcome them. And I guess driven by, you know, some of those early life experiences as well. So, you know, when we think about equity and we're celebrating International's Women's Day, you know, it, it might sound corny. And I can only think, Dawn, of that, that phrase, you know, anything is possible. And to borrow your phrase, you know, it's about believing, believing that it is possible for you. And, and it is about doing that, that work in your mindset to, to get rid of those limiting beliefs that, that we sometimes do hold, that we've brought with us. And I think, you know, go on. Sorry, I was just in there. I was just going to say in there, Sharon, you've got to, I have done an awful lot of self-development work yeah. and working on myself externally and internally. And you have to do that work on yourself. Again, coming back to the community hub, that's what I, hopefully I'll be able to resource people to do that. But I'm only where I am today because I've done that inner work. That work. And you have to face your fears. And I did years ago, I faced the I did my ex-husband made me go to Tony Robbins and unleash the power within and I walked along those hot coals because everybody else did it but I did it I faced the fear and I did it and that's what you've got to do you know you've got to believe and if you don't believe fake it pretend you believe until you truly do until you do absolutely and I think often when people have had experiences like you've shared with us today you know bullying and and there are lots of other trauma experiences that people will have in a way it's kind of like it makes sense that they bring that experience with them and yet you know I think as we get you know as as adults you know we're at a point where we've got that opportunity to choose if we want to keep bringing that with us or if we want to choose to kind of like let that go and maybe allow it to fuel us in a, in a different way in terms of how you chose to, you know, fuel it with us. But, but then to do that mindset work and that, that inner work to let it go so that it doesn't continue to influence, you know, our lives moving forward and, and influence what's possible as well. So, you know, I think, and it's funny, actually, you mentioned Tony Robbins because apparently you'll laugh at this. He is going to be in Birmingham this year. I know. Doing I know. UPW, which we've both done. The first time since COVID days. Supposedly the only gig in Europe he's doing this year, which I'm not sure that's quite true because he, he always gets excited and then he puts on other events, doesn't he? But yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. And it's interesting actually you share that because 
reading his book, Unleash the Power Within, was the very first personal development book I wrote. And uh, and when I left corporate, as I was setting up the business, I too went and walked those hot calls down at London (laughs) Excel Arena. (laughs) Yes. Yes, so so we were probably at the same one then, Sharon. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So if anybody's listening and hasn't experienced the lovely Tony Robbins, then, you know, it is definitely worth, it opens your eyes, it opens your mind, I think, and everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dawn, a huge thank you for for sharing your story and being so honest with us because it fits so lovely into the theme of International Women's Day. And, And I know that it will inspire many people, not just women either, but it will inspire many people. So thank you for sharing and thank you for your time. You're more than welcome. As I say, Sharon, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege and I hope that we can work together for many more years to come. So uh, thank you. Thanks for You're giving welcome. me this space to tell my we'll story. We'll talk soon. We will indeed. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast and this year you are ready to take your marketing to the next level, then check out Superfast Circle. This is a unique marketing program designed specifically for recruiters and their marketeers. You get access to two virtual marketing directors, you get consultancy, you get your hand held through the whole process, training, consulting, and we provide content resources. So go over to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash join and check out what's available.